history and our history. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Mystery in Our History podcast, where we take an in-depth look at all things urban legend and conspiracy theory related, and how they came to be. I'm Chris Berry, that's J.R. Supa, here we go. Wait. (laughs) Wait, hold on, huh? (laughs) I wasn't sure if you did that on purpose or not. (laughs) I'm J.R. Supa, that's Chris Berry. I switched back to White Claws, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) It's really throwing off your vibe, I can see. I recorded like four podcasts today for a different project. Oh, right, so, right. <laughs> so I'm all turned around. <laughs> anyway, the legend of angels and demons goes as far back as anyone can remember. Speaking as someone who studied the Catholic religion for the better part of 16 years, mostly against my will, the focus was always on angels with only warnings about the demons. But from a storytelling t- standpoint, and for the purposes of this podcast, the demons are where it's at. Yeah. Uh, like, what kind of warnings would they tell you in Catholic school, if you don't mind my asking? Were they, like, scare tactics? or? Yeah, it was mostly scare tactics. It was, like, you because you only hear, like, the horror stories of, like, people being possessed and all that kind of stuff. But you don't hear the actual, like, story other than the only like the original demon lucifer like you hear that story but they don't go in depth into any other demons it's just demons are bad don't do this or you could fall you know you get tempted by a demon come on guys you gotta you gotta get more meat than that that's that's a cheese sandwich right there well that's why we are here <laughs> that's right to we're gonna make, fill that sandwich to with meat. make a good grilled cheese <laughs> that's right grill up that cheese <laughs> fill it with meat was the wrong thing to say there so just, it's not getting cut out, though. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> All right. In the first part of what is going to be a two-parter, we're going to begin our demon series by discussing the Incubus. And no, Chris, we don't have the band Skyping in. Ah. I'm talking about Incubus. That is the male counterpart of the Succubus, which we will be covering on the next episode. Then uh, maybe when we revisit this topic for like our 50th year anniversary, we can actually get Incubus on the phone. I mean, if they're still alive. They won't be alive. (laughs) Maybe. If we're making enough money at some point, we'll just call Incubus and be like, hey, we'll pay you money to come on the show. All right. Have Incubus on the Incubus show. Or if we can get famous enough and Incubus becomes relevant again, we can try to interview them. Ooh. Although, yeah, I feel bad saying that because I'm actually a huge Incubus fan. But Are you? They haven't put out a hit in a while, so. A long while. Yes. But an incubus, as we just said, is a demon in male form who, according to mythological and legendary traditions, lies upon sleeping women in order to engage in sexual activity with them. Salacious tales of incubi and succubi, which are the plurals, have been told for many centuries in traditional societies. Some traditions hold that repeated sexual activity with an incubus or succubus may result in the deterioration of health, mental state, or even death. Now, do they mean people who are, like, willingly engaging in this activity, or is it usually non-consensual? In what sense? That they're going to, like, lose their mind, or just in general? Like, just engaging with the the, the incubus Most of the time, 
So it's both. Sometimes it's, it's against both. their will, and sometimes they're seduced. Okay. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. I mean, not nice, but... <laughs> thank. It's more thank you for the clarification as opposed yes. to nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And nice. Nice. <laughs> Shit. Rape. Nice. <laughs> Fuck. I'm going to isolate that sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, the never word run for president. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just never post this if I'm going to. <laughs> oh, God. We are slap happy this episode. A little bit, yeah. We took a couple weeks off recording, and now we're back, and we haven't seen each other for two weeks. So this is um, – we're catching up on all the goofy. <laughs> The word incubus is derived from the late Latin incubo, a nightmare induced by such a demon. From incubare, meaning to lie upon. One of the earliest mentions of an incubus comes from Mesopotamia on the Sumerian king's list 2400 BC, where the hero Gilgamesh, father, I'm sorry, the hero Gilgamesh's father, Lilitu, Wow, I skipped a line. Sorry. <laughs> Where the hero Gilgamesh's father is listed as Lilu. It is said that Lilu disturbs and seduces women in their sleep, while Lilitu, a female demon, appears to men in their erotic dreams. Two other corresponding demons appear as well. Ardrat Lily, which sounds like a metal band, right? who visits men by night and begets ghostly children from them, and Irdu Lily, who is known as a male counterpart to Ardrat Lily, and visits women by night and begets from them. These demons were originally storm demons, but they eventually became regarded as night demons because of mistaken etymology. That's weird. It just sounds like a, like a really long, convoluted way to be like, I don't know, men have nocturnal emissions. Anyway, (laughs) it's just like sex demons i don't know (laughs) i came in my sleep it must have been a sex demon it had to be a sex demon what else (laughs) jesus (laughs) incubi were thought to be demons who had sexual relations with women sometimes producing a child by the woman and that's how you would explain the affair without getting executed in the good old dark days. Yeah, gotta love it. <laughs> you know, those fun days. Yeah, I learned that a lot of those days were covered too. <laughs> Debate about these demons began early in Christian tradition. St. Augustine touched on the topic in De Civitate Dei, or the City of God. There were too many alleged attacks by incubi to deny them. He stated there is also a very general rumor. May have verified it by their own experience, and trustworthy persons have corroborated the experience others told, that sylvans and fawns, commonly called incubi, have often made wicked assaults upon women. Questions about the reproductive capabilities of the demons continued. 800 years later, Thomas Aquinas argued against the possibility of children being conceived by intercourse with demons. Quote, still, if some are occasionally begotten from demons, it is not from the seed of such demons, nor from their assumed bodies, but from the seed of men taken for the purpose, as when the demon assumes first the form of a woman, then afterwards of a man, just so they take the seed of another of other things for generating purposes. 
weird yeah you would think like the the women would want to destroy the children essentially right because they're made it's i don't know it's a, it's a demon bun bacon in there you know yeah but i i mean if you look at like lore and stuff half the time they didn't know it was a demon until after the fact oh okay right so or you also look at like there was no such thing as an abortion back then right yeah I, yeah you know what no, i mean actually, like it i didn't was, even think about that yeah you'll you'll you just, go to hell faster for an abortion than you will for having sex with a demon yeah that makes sense so you just kind of carry that sucker out you just gotta fucking you know? yeah you just gotta deal with it but such a thoroughly human child like every human would have a god created soul and would live by the power of god the only one who can give life now, about 300 years later, King James, in his dissertation titled Demonology, suggested that a devil would carry out two methods of impregnating woman. The first, to steal the sperm out of a dead man and deliver it to a woman. Good for him. Yeah, right? If a still demon get, could extract... <laughs> If a demon could extract the semen quickly, the transportation of the substance could not be instantly transported into a female host, causing it to go cold. This explains his view that succubi and incubi were the same demonic entity, only to be described differently based on the sexes being conversed with. Being abused in such a way could cause—being uh, abused in such a way caused women at nunneries to be burned if they were found pregnant. Wow, that's a pretty bad deal. I mean, we both know that sperm stealing demons aren't really knocking these nuns up, right? Like, just between you and I. Yeah, it was <laughs> sperm slinging priests. Yeah, right? Also, I'm curious, like, what a demon stealing seed looks like. Like, are they just, like, sniffing that sack and going in or, uh, like, like sucking it out? <laughs> or is it just, like, they just summon the come out, like, for later usage? I have so many questions about this. Well, hopefully I'm going to be answering your questions <laughs> throughout okay. this outline. <laughs> um, but, yes, they, they are having, they are seducing the man. The dead man. Or, or yes, in this scenario, um, they are s extracting the seed. It does not specify on how yeah. they are extracting the seed. Yeah. See, that's um, that's what that's where my curiosity. Yeah, so this this particular scenario, I mean, I, maybe it's just like trying to get gas out of a car with a hose. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Siphon it with like a long curly straw. <laughs> dead guy, you just you kind of you kind of put him on his side and let it hang over oh. the bed and then just kind of let gravity do the rest. I don't know. Once the flow starts, it just keeps going. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't even know if we can fucking post this. <laughs> Thank God I checked I the know. box on YouTube that says not for kids. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, I may just age restrict this particular episode. That makes sense. I mean, we're getting pretty raunchy over here. <laughs> now, the second method was the idea that a dead body could be possessed by a devil, causing it to rise and have sexual relations with others. This is similar to depictions of revenants or vampires and a spirit taking deceased corpses to cause some mischief. Hmm. That makes more sense, but still doesn't make much sense to me. Like, are they just, like, vampires that have an incubus demon in them? or No, it's more of, like, the guy, the guy dies and then the incubus just kind of, like hops into the body 
as the soul leaves, the incubus dives in. Gotcha. So there's and still the body a never lot. truly okay. dies. Is I think okay. how they're kind of um, justifying depicting this. That makes a little, yeah, a little bit more sense. So. It became generally accepted that Incubi and Succubi were the same demon, able to switch between male and female forms. A succubus would be able to sleep with a man and collect his sperm and then transform into an incubus and use that seed on women. Even though sperm and egg came from humans originally, the spirit's offering I'm sorry, the spirit's offspring were often thought of as supernatural. Now that makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like so they like flip back and forth, therefore they like have they get the seed and they have the need to get rid of it, I guess. Um, right, and so there's no dead out. body involved. It's just this is the demon doing their thing. Yeah. Um it, it, it's a good idea for uh a need for seed game. Incubus edition. Need for speed <laughs> for seed. Need for speed. Need for seed. Hot pursuit. Need for, need for seed. Hot incubus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'd play that game. I would, too. Right. Let's make it. Only on do. Oculus, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yes. <laughs> you did. I was choked on my coffee there. Jesus. <laughs> Okay. Like many mythological villains, Incubi have been glamorized in recent decades. Today, they appear as young men with perfectly etched muscles, powerful wings, and long, suggestive tails. But in the past, these nocturnal fiends were far from attractive. <laughs> I mean, that's believable. Everyone's got their kinks these days, you know? Yeah, like I bet if you. Tail. Yeah, right? Yeah, tail. Uh, I bet if you looked hard enough, you could probably find, like, kink for, like, ruler porn. And, like, the ruler would be buff and chiseled. Like, he had, like, chiseled inches on him and, like, swole centimeters. You know it. You know it exists. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong I, with you? I, I, anyone listening to this, I dare you, Google ruler I don't, I don't, porn. Don't, don't, nobody do this. Google Nobody <laughs> listen to him. Ruler rule 34. Please or 32. don't. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> it's, it's out there, y'all. It's rule 42. It is a rule 42. Thank you. I think. There's a number. Yeah. The original incubi were small creatures with faces like a monkey or a gargoyle. They usually had dark skin or fur, claws, horns, and bat-like wings. When they weren't flying through the dead of night, they crawled, climbed, and sat in hunched positions. Unsurprisingly, they also had exaggerated genitalia. Now... Can you please explain this exaggerated geni- genitals? Huge uh, just for the people at home. Peni. Yeah, not for me at all. Just no, for they just you know, they the had a they had a huge dick. Okay. Fantastic. Because <laughs> how else are you going to seduce a young nun if you're that ugly? You got to have a yeah. huge pecca. If you're not hanging King Kong down there, you know. That's right. <laughs> Some sources indicate that it might be, or that it may be identified by its unnaturally large or cold penis. Whole new meaning to Chili Willy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ruin that cartoon for people. <laughs> Though many tales claim that the incubus is bisexual, others indicate that it is strictly heterosexual and finds attacking a male victim either unpleasant or detrimental. <laughs> 
I, I just the general picture that I get in my mind when I think of like the big but cold dicked bisexual incubus is humorous. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that's why it's such a, a, a sexual predator is just trying to heat up that dick sickle. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm getting way. <laughs> so bad. When an incubus arrives to have his way with a woman, he takes precautions and not wearing a condom. He takes precautions to prevent her from interfering. <laughs> he might put her in a trance mm. so that she's unable to wake up or paralyze her so completely that she can't even cry out for help. Cool. So they got magical demon roofies. That's pretty gross. Yes. <laughs> See, now I could I could hit the soundboard. Rape. Nice. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> There's the soundboard coming right yeah, on in. So I can't wait to get that app. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I take, I take it back. It's not nice. It's not. No. Here's my formal apology. <laughs> you treat everyone with respect, and consent's always, always in court. No it's means no, there. people. Yep. All right. During the encounter, the incubus might try to impregnate the woman. Interestingly, the incubus itself is incapable of reproducing, so it uses sperm collected from a human male. If the woman gives birth to a child, it will be a cambion, a human That's... with some magical or demonic abilities. So, uh, the fun fact is uh, Merlin from Knights of the Round Table is considered a cambion. Yes, hence he why is. he can use magic and has amazing alchemy skills. Correct. Some legends claim that the incubus is also able to change its sex. It appears in a female shape called a succubus to attack human men and collect their sperm. Then it changes back into male shaped intact and pregnant the human woman. Nice. That's yeah, <laughs> neat. That's pretty good. Neat, yep. nice. Incubi are sometimes said to be able to conceive children. The half-human offspring of such a union, sometimes referred to as a cambion, an incubus may pursue sexual relations with a woman in order to father a child as in the legend of merlin classic chris just gonna jump ahead per usual <laughs> jesus guys i promise i read these ahead of time he does but he comments first and then just yeah. leaves them in yeah <laughs> all right busted well according to the malleus maleficarum Exorcism is one of the five ways to overcome the attacks of an incubi, the others being sacramental confession, the sign of the cross, or recital of the angelic salutation, moving the afflicted to another location, and by excommunication of the attacking entity, which is perhaps the same as exorcism. That's interesting. I, I like the idea of just moving the afflicted person to another idea. Feels like the equivalent of like when you spill something on the floor and you just throw a newspaper over it and walk <laughs> away. Just walk just like, away. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's good enough. Yeah, it's not there anymore. I can't right. see it. On the other hand, the Franciscan friar Lodovico Maria Sinistrari, I think, stated that incubi do not obey exorcists. They have no dread of exorcism, show no reverence for holy things, at the approach of which they are not in the least concerned. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know. When the only thing you do in life is ride the bone train. I mean, why would you listen to anyone else, really? Yeah. The power of Christ is clearly not going to compel them. No. Also, just jumping back for a minute, for those of you who have never heard of the Malleus Maleficarum, 
It is usually translated as Hammer of Witches and is the best known and most thorough treatise on witchcraft. It was written by the discredited Catholic clergyman Heinrich Kramer under his Latinized name Heinrichus Incitorus, the first published in, Ger in the German city of Speyer in 1487. It endorses extermination of witches and for this purpose develops a detailed legal and theological theory. <laughs> legal it has been described as the compendium of literature in demonology of the 15th century it's pretty much like the uh what's the what's that uh fuck i just i blew the joke because i couldn't remember the name of it <laughs> womp womp yeah what's the award you get for being a good writer uh yeah see you're gonna not have that to, easy yeah you're gonna have to ask someone who actually knows how to read i know that one so fuck I can't believe I forgot I what it was called. If anyone actually cares and listens, they're probably screaming at me like right now going, <laughs> it's this. Anyway, the top theologians of the Inquisition at the faculty of Cologne condemned the book as recommending unethical and illegal procedures as well as being inconsistent with the Catholic doctrines of demonology. Hilarious considering, considering like 200 years later, they were literally burning witches at the stake. Right. Right. And also, thank you for clearing that up, because I was just like shaking my head in the green as if I knew what you were talking about the whole time. Or if I was just like, I wasn't sure if I was just being uncultured swine or if it was just. No, like that. Yeah, that's you know. not that's not a book they teach you in school. Yeah, that's fair. I feel yeah. relieved now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect people to um, know what that book was <laughs> Yeah. at all. Yeah. But uh, also. Pulitzer fucking prize. Pulitzer prize. Okay. Yes. Pulitzer yeah. prize is what I was Let's trying to that say. Much, huh? Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> it's what I was trying to say. And I fucking tanked that joke so bad. But anyway, there are a number of variations on the incubus theme around the world. The Alp of Teutonic or German folklore is one of the better known in Zanzibar Popobawa primarily attacks men and generally behind closed doors. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it likes a little bit of privacy, please. Just leave your fucking door open. <clears throat> Popobawa fucking canceled out. My door's yeah, open. Yeah, right? You never have a problem. Idiot. The Trauco, according to the traditional mythology of the Chilo province of Chile, is a hideous, deformed dwarf who lulls nubile young women and seduces them. The Trauco <laughs> is said to be responsible for unwanted pregnancies, especially in unmarried women, because they're not just whores. <laughs> I just, I'm just, the, the image I'm having of a deformed dwarf lulling and seducing countless women into having unwanted pregnancy, it's just a, it, you know, it's just a sight to be had in my mind. Oh, absolutely. It's good stuff. <laughs> Ugly Peter Dinklage lulling women to sleep. Yeah, he's... he's... Yes. <laughs> Perhaps another variation of this concept is the Tintin in Ecuador. Another dwarf who is fond of abundant-haired women and seduces them at night by playing the guitar outside their windows. A myth that researchers believe was created during the colonial period of time to explain pregnancies in women who never left the houses without a chaperone. 
I don't know, man. I mean, More a lot of these feel whores. <laughs> I was just gonna say these feel like explanations for unwanted pregnancies. I mean, I know back then it was a big deal, but I mean, they're just thirsty women, right? They're like, just they just getting wanted that to get dick. laid. They just want to get laid in time of war. You know, there was a there was a meat so- meat shortage, and uh, <laughs> all the men were out. So, oh Jesus! <laughs> in Hungary, a liderk can be a satanic lover that flies at night and appears as a fiery light, an ignis fatus, or will o' the wisp. That I actually am familiar with, will o' the wisp, or in its more benign form as a featherless chicken. Well, I definitely don't like the visual of a featherless chicken having sex with anything, if I'm being honest. Not even another chicken. I don't want to see that. It's awful. Yeah. In Brazil and the rainforests of the Amazon Basin, the Amazon River Dolphin, or Boto, is believed to be a combination of siren and incubus that shapeshifts into a very charming and handsome man who seduces young women and takes them into the river. It's said to be responsible for disappearances and unwanted pregnancies. Shocker. According mm. to the legend, a boto always wears a hat to disguise the breathing hole at the top of his head while in human form, metamorphosing back into a dolphin during the day. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine like like this boto in like a trench coat, sunglasses, and a top hat, right? <laughs> Just like walking around and being like, so ladies, what's going on? How'd you like to come back to you my just place imagine tonight? The, <laughs> my the hole just hanging out right here. <laughs> this doesn't just blow, if you know what I mean. All I could think of, and no one that listens to this is probably going to know other than you, because you're in the group chat with, with me and two other people. When I read this, all I could think of is that picture of Matt Damon that keeps getting sent by where it's just Matt Damon and then the top of his head is the Photoshop tip of a penis. <laughs> That's all I could think of when it says blowhole on the top of his head. Oh, yeah. No, he needs a hat. Get that yeah. photo a hat, please. <laughs> The Southern African incubus demon is the Tokolosh. Chaste women place their beds upon bricks to deter the rather short fellow from attaining their sleeping forms. They also share the hole in the head detail and water dwelling habits of the Boto. Yeah. So, like, I guess they're fish people too, right? Because, like, why else would you have the. the, Oh, maybe it's a penis hole, I guess. Porpoises are mammals. <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay, yeah. That's why you're upset. That makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> Dick. In Swedish folklore, there is the Mara or Mare, a spirit or goblin that rides on the chests of humans while they sleep, giving them bad dreams or nightmares. Belief in the Mare goes back to the Norse. Oh boy, Inglinga. Saga from the 13th century. It's pretty good. But the belief is probably even older. The Mara was likely inspired by sleep paralysis. I mean, now you got me all excited and speaking my language because I love a goblin. I love a good goblin. All right. And thinking of one riding on a human chest is it's hilarious. It's a dream. Yeah, it's a dream. Dreams come true for me. In Assam, a northeastern province, a province of India, 
It is most likely known as Pori. Now, can you pronounce this thing? <laughs> no, no, that's okay. actual um, <laughs> Eastern right. It's just glyphs. It's, it's I, I copy and pasted the phonetical spelling, and they gave me glyphs in it. And Chris is asking me to read the glyphs. Um, those glyphs mean angel, dickfish. Okay, thank you. According to the mythology, Pori comes to a man at night in his dreams and seduces him. Gradually, the victim's health deteriorates and in some cases develops suicidal tendencies. Oh, that's no good. That's pretty rough, honestly. That's a little... <laughs> Let's little get these... Fucked up side effect, right? Yeah. Get these Pori the fuck out of here. <sighs> well, in Turkish culture, Incubus is known as Karabasan. Is an evil being that descends upon some sleepers at night. These beings are thought to be spirits or jinns. It can be seen or heard in the nightmare, and a heavy weight is felt on the chest, yet people cannot wake from that state. Some of the causes are sleeping without adequately covering the body, especially women, and eating in bed. Come on. Now, I know this is BS, because I'd be seeing the Karabasan every night if that was the case. I mean, who's not eating naked in bed You're a, daily, you're a big right? bed eater? <laughs> a naked bed eater. <laughs> I do both. And then I sleep if in the I, If I ever brought food into our bed, Joe would file for divorce. That makes sense. I'm not allowed to wear socks that I was walking through the house in in our bed because there's dog hair or potentially dirt on them. Jill changes. If she's in pajamas in the house and then goes to bed, she changes into different pajamas because those pajamas weren't worn in the house. Sounds like you have the cleanest bed in the universe. It's her side of the bed is the cleanest bed in the universe. Yeah. Your side is just covered in what? My hair, side is, hair, hair is I just don't wear socks. I, I, okay. Whatever I was wearing, that's what <laughs> that's I sleep fair. in. Because <laughs> that's, that's what my side of the bed looks like. It's just yeah. full of hair and poop. And yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, poopy, poopy butt hole. <laughs> I'm just, I can't believe I'm saying this. Right yeah, I know, it's ridiculous. I'm in a mood. I apologize, everyone. <laughs> yep. All right, let's try and reel this in. All right. Potentially. Probably not. The explanation. Let's talk about the explanation. All right. Undoubtedly, incubi were once used to cover up cases of sexual assault or rape. However, there may be a less sinister explanation for the worldwide popularity of these creatures. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, what you just said there. So Yeah. I mean, it's it's got to be part of it, especially back then. It's like, oh, a right. demon fucked me. That's, you know. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't out Which, getting frisky. It was Technically, demon. when you think about it, um, what was the term that I said earlier that Merlin was? Oh, God. Um, right? Cambion. Yeah. Jesus could have been a Cambion. Hey, now that's something I didn't put together. That checks out. Yeah, because that's totally, right? It was the holy, it was If Joseph God, right? didn't do it, yeah. I mean, if Joseph didn't do it and Mary just got pregnant, it's potentially, I mean, obviously that's the most like blasphemous and sacrilegious thing I could have probably ever uttered. Mm -hmm. But it's the same kind of concept, right? They were just like, oh, an angel came down and just said, hey, you're pregnant now. Right, right. Our God's an incubus. Our, right. Yeah. So it could have, it very well could be that she was just like, you know what? I got pregnant by an incubus 
and if this baby's born, they may kill it. So instead, I'll say it was an angel instead of a demon. Fuck it. There you go. That's secret portals. I like it. Nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> White claw. Crush it on your head now. No. <laughs> okay. All right, explanation number two. Victims may have been experiencing waking dreams or sleep paralysis. The phenomenomenomenomenom of sleep paralysis is well established. During the fourth phase of sleep, also known as REM, the good band, sleep, motor centers in the brain are inhibited, producing paralysis. The reason for this is ultimately known, but the most Sorry, the reason for this isn't ultimately known, but the most common explanation is that it prevents one from acting out one's dreams. Malfunctions of this process can either result in somnambulism, or sleepwalking, or conversely, sleep paralysis, where one remains partially or wholly paralyzed for a short time after waking. Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. I was I was thinking that as well earlier for a lot of the cases where people like remember seeing something during this experience you know what i mean it's just uh you're still in a dream state so your brain's seeing what it needs to to make sense of what your body's feeling well captain jumps ahead (laughs) additional to sleep paralysis is hypnagogia in a near dream state it is common to experience auditory and visual hallucinations mostly these are forgotten upon fully waking or soon afterwards in the same manner as dreams However, most people remember the phenomenon of hearing music or seeing things in near-sleep states at some point in their lives. Typical examples include a feeling of being crushed or suffocated, electric tingles or vibrations, imagined speech and other noises, the imagined presence of a visible or invisible entity, and sometimes intense emotions of fear or euphoria or orgasmic feelings. These often appear quite real and vivid, especially auditory hallucinations of music, which can be quite loud, indistinguishable from music being played in the same room. Humanoid and animal figures, often shadowy or blurry, are often present in hypnagogic hallucinations, more so than other hallucinogenic states. This may be a relic of an ancient instinct to detect predatory animals. Now, have you ever experienced anything like this before, JR? I, I mean, like in, in what sense? Like, I don't, I don't recall ever experiencing sleep paralysis. I don't recall ever, um, having the tingles or vibrations. I mean, I, like I went through puberty like every other guy. So, you know, is what it is there, but. I used to, when I was younger, um, yeah, experienced something similar, um, something that used to happen a lot is I would hear noises outside of my dream, but being translated into my dream would be another noise, mm-hmm. uh, usually a dog growling or barking. Um, but it was just, you know, something as simple as like the, the fan was clicking in the corner or, right. um, and then I, it would give me like a sinking gut feeling of helplessness. It was really weird. I don't know if it was just a nightmare or not or something bigger, but I've had lucid dreams. I've had like that in between state where you're waking up but you're still dreaming and you know you're dreaming and you realize it and then you can control what's happening in your dream. Yeah. I've had that and I've had um dreaming, wake up 
realize that I don't need to wake up yet, so I go back to sleep, pick up right where I left off in the dream. I've done that before too. Yeah, it's weird. It's like your your mind's almost on a track or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now the combination of sleep paralysis and hypnagogic hallucination could easily cause someone to believe that a demon was holding them down. Nocturnal arousal, etc., could be explained why creatures causing otherwise guilt-producing behavior. And add to this the common phenomena of nocturnal arousal and nocturnal emission, and all these elements required to believe in an incubus are present. Yep. Also, too, if anyone at home is more interested on the subject of sleep paralysis, which is very fascinating, by the way, uh, I recommend watching the documentary The Nightmare on Netflix. Um, I haven't seen it. It does a very good job discussing the feelings and sights of sleep paralysis, uh, interviewing people with first-name accounts. It's cool. Uh, it's worth a watch. It's 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 a little cheesy. I mean, you know, it's Netflix. It was a uh, produced. Um, it's got some cheesy special effects, but um, the stories are great, and it's a, it's a good watch. Fair enough. Now, on the other hand, some victims of incubi may have been the victims of real sexual assault. Some authors speculate that rapists may have attributed the rapes of sleeping women to demons in order to escape punishment. Robert Mas- uh, Robert Masello asserts that a friend or relative is the top of the list in such cases and would be kept secret by the inversion and the invention of spirits. And that's pretty grim, and it also makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. But the incubi is just half of the story. Its female counterpart, the succubus, is where the majority of the lore actually resides. And that is where we will pick up on the next episode of the Mystery in Our History podcast. If you have any urban legends or conspiracy theories that you think we should cover, feel free to email us at the number four guys media network at gmail.com. Please make sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Click the like and subscribe icons on YouTube on the 4Guys Media Network page. That's the number 4 Guys Media Network. Or check us out on SoundCloud by searching M-I-O-H pod, all one word. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on the Mystery in Our History podcast. Bye. Never be the same